Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla, It's Friday. It's Friday, and that means it's Godzilla. Although we're uh, we're visiting a friend today. Well, an yes, old a dear friend. friend. An old dear friend of ours. Yes. And his mechanical counterpart. Yes. Golly, um, I love this movie. <laughs> I, we say this every week, but it's a weird one. <laughs> this is My name is William Bibiani. I'm a critic. I write for The Rap, The Film Verdict, Slash Film. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibel. I contribute to Slash Film. Uh, and that's it. That's my one outlet. But you, you write like half of their stuff. Uh, that's an exaggeration, but I, I do write multiple articles a day. Yeah, it, that, that is an exaggeration, but Whitney does work a lot. In any case, uh, this is our podcast where we're reviewing every single Godzilla and Godzilla-adjacent movie ever made in order. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's been a cavalcade of strange, wonderful, giant monster movies. Oh, yeah. And before we get to this week's movie, which is a movie that is weirdly hard to find... Uh, I have some catching up to do. I have some following up to do. Because a few weeks ago, quite a few weeks ago now, uh-huh. uh, when we uh, reviewed Frankenstein Conquers the World, yes. and Frankenstein fought, if you recall, Baragon. Yes. We ended the episode with a challenge. The challenge was to, within the confines of the popular game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, mm. Find a way to connect the monster Baragon, not Godzilla, Baragon, mm-hmm. to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Could we do uh, it? If I'm not sure if people are even familiar with the Kevin Bacon game anymore, but... Uh, there was Ke- a time when it was Ke- a big yeah. deal. In, in the early 2000s, some college students noticed that Kevin... was late 90s, actually. Oh, yeah, maybe that long ago. Yeah. Um, some college students noticed that Kevin Bacon... Uh, has a prolific career, and he tends to start a lot of ensemble pieces and uh, act opposite a lot of big stars. Uh, he, well, I mean, not to imply that Kevin Bacon is also not a, a big star. No, but he tends um, to be in the movies with a lot of other famous people. Yeah, yeah. and uh, these college kids came up with this game. Uh, can you link any any two actors, or any actor at all, mm. to Kevin Bacon within six steps? And the theory goes that six is the maximum that it takes. And it's only feature films and it's only actors. You can't do directors. Uh, For a while, uh, voice performances were excluded. It depends on however you want to play. But uh, Kevin Bacon was in Balto, so it's a little unfair. I think it was uh, the University of Virginia uh, set up a website called the Oracle of Bacon, Mm. which was the first sort of officially sanctioned online Kevin Bacon game that any anybody can play and it's still there. Mm-hmm. It's and it's operating exactly the way it did when it first uh, when it was first put up. When I it, it was already like a reasonably popular game by the time that I was like in college, mm-hmm. but by the time I was old enough to drink and actually hanging out in bars by UCLA Film School, mm-hmm. this was a get drunk and challenge each other game. Oh yeah. We we played this game uh as a warm-up for the mm. Schmodown back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there have since been uh, board games attached to it. There is a, a movie game where you pull two actors and you have to link them. Yeah, that's uh, a very, very similar premise, yeah. More recently, it's become a little bit gauche to rely on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's kind uh, of a cheat, Or, or yeah. just, like, superhero films in general, or Harry Potter. Well, uh, I, re- I remember back when the, the Kevin Bacon game was, like, you know, there, there was a hard mode in Kevin Bacon game where uh, you couldn't use JFK... Okay. And you couldn't use sleepers. Oh. Because those are huge yeah, ensemble <laughs> casts. Uh, with, if, with a lot of big stars in each one. If, if you wanted to, for example, uh, uh, play the Kevin Bacon, we'll just do like a like a, a sample, I guess. Uh, okay, like, uh, um, hit, hit me with something. Um, I don't know. Not, um, not, no, no, not, not, nothing not, too crazy. Nothing too hard, yeah. Nothing too crazy. I'm just trying to think of someone who wasn't in something with Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Um, let's see. So I have to think of like somebody Denzel Washington co-starred with, who in turn co-starred with Kevin Bacon, or, or a few steps. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I'm, sh- I'm sure it can't be that hard. Uh, let's see. Uh, Denzel Washington mm. was in. Uh, oh mm. golly! So let I, I think I can do this. So Denzel Washington was in Much Ado About Nothing. I knew you were going to go there. Well, I mean that's got a big it ensemble does. cast, a lot yeah. of big stars with. Keanu, oh, Kenneth Branagh. I was gonna say Michael Keaton. Ooh. Oh gosh. 
Michael Keaton. I, I, it usually takes me a couple minutes, and this is not an exciting thing to have, like, <laughs> have on an audio podcast. Like when you're when you're on a car ride, this really helps out because you can kind of like stare out the window and look at the scenery yeah. and sort of be be silent for a few moments yeah. while you're thinking out. I promise oh, I will probably. edit this if it goes. Yeah, on too yeah. Long. If it goes on a little too long. All right. Uh, I got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah hit me. Denzel Washington was. Uh, uh, let me. Uh, Denzel Washington was in the Pelican Brief. Okay. With Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts was in Flatliners with Kevin Bacon. Oh, there you go. That, oh, yeah. See that. Yeah. The, I knew there were short paths. I just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't see him. Well, you got to remember everything yeah. Kevin Bacon's ever done. Mm. Uh, so we asked our listeners to submit some Kevin Bacon. Uh, uh, paths and we got a few answers uh and i apologize if i missed any but i did scour what we had uh and um i'm gonna just give people's uh, first name or their handle if they did it on social media uh so here was a good one uh this is from uh, someone on twitter called Werner herzog's shoe uh-huh. which is a reference to a documentary baragon was in destroy all monsters with godzilla all right Godzilla was in Godzilla 98 with Jean Reno. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to let on, it happen. Hang That's on a second. Okay. I know you're going to be pissy about yeah. this, but we're just going to let this happen for right. a second. Jean Reno was in Ronin with Robert De Niro, and Robert De Niro was in Sleepers, Sleepers with Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Yeah, right. There you go. Um, the Godzilla mm-hmm. that Baragon was in Destroy All Monsters with uh-huh. is a different monster from the one called Godzilla in the 1998 film, as confirmed mm-hmm. by the 2004 Toho film Godzilla Final Wars, where Godzilla met that creature mm-hmm. and destroyed it. Now, here's what I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Even if we are going to get really pissy about this, <laughs> which we clearly are, uh, it only adds one other link, because Baragon was in the show Monster with Godzilla, mm-hmm. Godzilla was in Final Wars, Final Wars with Zilla, with Zilla, Zilla yeah. was in, so it, it, makes it, it makes it a five okay. instead of a four. So it's arguably a four, certainly a five. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, Actually, we... maybe Baragon might have been in Final Wars as well. So oh, Baragon was in Final yeah. Wars. Oh, then, then that, 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 then that actually reduces a step. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's one from uh, Simon. Uh, Baragon to Godzilla and Destroy All Monsters. Godzilla to Elizabeth Olsen in Godzilla mm-hmm. 2014. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen All to right. Patrick Stewart in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Patrick oh, Stewart yeah. to James McAvoy in X-Men Days of Future Past, and James McAvoy to Kevin Bacon in X-Men First Class. Oh, that's right. He was the bad guy. Yeah, he was. He was Sebastian Shaw. And, oh, yeah. Uh, wasn't, I guess Patrick Stewart wasn't in, he was in, like, uh, a different X-Men. He wasn't in, he wasn't in First Class. No, he was, yeah. he was in a lot of the other ones. Uh, it's funny. I was actually, uh, one time I was uh, walking, uh, I was at a studio for a screening, and uh, I passed by, this is back when The Closer was on the air, I passed by Kira Sedgwick. Ooh, all right. And, you know, I've never met her or anything like that, but she looked at me and smiled, and I was like, oh, that was really nice for her. And then I realized I was wearing an X-Men First Class t-shirt with Kevin Bacon's face on it. Oh, who is? <laughs> Which her, is, her uh, yeah, I'd smile yeah. at that, too. Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of cute. I, I thought it was really cute. Um, Kevin Bacon was in a mm. recent um, uh, The Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas mm. special. Yeah. Playing himself. Yes. And there's a, a scene where he's at, at his own home watching uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh, yeah. And... I thought it was really cute because he, he's at home, but he's by himself. Yeah. It's like, but he's married and has kids. Like, wouldn't they be there at Christmas time? They, they said that, like, well, th- yeah, there was a cute company. bit where he, he's like on the phone. Oh, hey, Kira, how's it going? Yeah, where are the kids? You having a good time? Okay, I'm going to be here for a little. Like, they, they totally just fudged it over. Well, because like, he was wrapping presents or something like yeah. that. They, they made it work. Okay, here's one from Luke. Uh, Baragon to Godzilla and Destroy All Monsters. Godzilla to Aaron Taylor Johnson and Godzilla. Aaron Taylor mm. Johnson to Brad Pitt in Bullet Train. Brad Pitt to Julie Roberts in Ocean's Eleven. Julie Roberts to Kevin Bacon in Flatliners. Uh, you, you made it too hard for yourself because Brad Pitt was in Sleepers with Kevin Bacon. Yeah. So uh, he also got it a, a, a little faster in a different track. Uh, Baragon to Godzilla and Destroy All Monsters. Godzilla to Vera Farmiga in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Vera Farmiga to Jack Nicholson in The Departed. Jack Nicholson to Kevin Bacon in A Few Good Men. Bada bang. All right, well done. Um, Mitchell... Responded, uh, Baragon is a subterranean monster. Kevin Bacon fights a subterranean monster in Tremors. Boom! Mic drop emoji. <laughs> I see what you did there. Technically, we can't give it to you, but very clever. But also, yeah, I mean, we can start mm. debating whether or not graboids are kaiju. 
I would say not. I would say they're yeah. uh, they're not they're not big enough. They're they're pretty big. Uh, and then uh, we got one from William who said you can do it in four through Raymond Burr. So Godzilla to Raymond Burr, Burr to John Candy and Delirious, and John Candy to Kevin Bacon. And she's having a baby. They were also in JFK together. So oh, that's bonus right. for that. Oh jeez. Um, and then I actually, funnily enough, when I was checking to make sure uh, uh, they uh, I didn't miss any social media uh, responses. Um, I noticed a tweet from a couple months ago, mm. before we did our podcast, but I still think this counts. Uh, there was a, an account called Dai, Daikaiju TV, and they had a Daikaiju double feature uh-huh. featuring Frankenstein versus Baragon, followed by Tremors. So technically, they were part of the same oh. double feature night. I'm gonna let them have. I'm gonna let them have a little bonus. Mm. Good for them. Kudos. In any case, thank you to everyone who participated. If we missed yours, I apologize. I did look. Um, so, what a treat. <laughs> what a delight. <laughs> and now we can finally start with the actual episode proper. That just waited for so long, I didn't want to wait till the end of the episode. Sounds uh, good. To, and then people don't even notice that it's there. Uh, this week on Thank Godzilla, it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Godzilla. Uh, except it's King Kong. Because Toho had acquired the rights to make King Kong movies for about five years and every attempt they made after King Kong versus Godzilla weirdly enough got transformed into something else but they did make Mm -hmm. one more and that film is King Kong Escapes yay (laughs) and King Kong Escapes uses the same King Kong monster design as King Kong versus Godzilla but it's a different King Kong he lives on a different island and the movie is actually a not very faithful adaptation of Rankin Bass's cartoon series and, that and was on in the sixties. King Kong series, yeah. I, I Rankin Bass is, Bass is not credited. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual uh, cre- like Ishiro Honda never said, "Oh, we saw this cartoon and made a movie of it." Yeah. And in fact, a lot of elements from this movie are sort of cobbled together from a lot of just sort of genre tropes that were hip at the time. Yeah. Um. The villain in this uh, in this movie is named Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, no relation. No, no, no relation. And uh, before you start getting an I- any ideas, uh, Doctor Who debuted debu- before this movie was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, the, the makers of Doctor Who didn't watch King Kong Escapes and think, "Wait a minute, what a great mm-hmm. idea!" Who can uh, say if they even knew Doctor but Who existed? Given but, yeah. sort of his look and his attitude, he's clearly supposed to be Doctor No from James Bond. Mm. That's sort of the, the, the vibe he's given off. He's, uh, he lives in like an underground fortress. He's a mad scientist. Mm-hmm. He's got Dr. No had like this like tank that made, was made up to look like a dragon. We've got a robo King Kong in this movie. Wait, 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 hang, 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 hang. Slow it down. Slow it down. There's a robo King Kong in this movie. There is. In the Japanese <laughs> version, he's called Mechanic Kong. Uh-huh. In the American dub, he's called Robot Kong. Because... They thought Americans couldn't figure that out, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Hey, real fast, uh, because this movie was actually hard to find. Did you end up watching the dub or the original Japanese? Oh, no, movie? I watched the original Japanese version. Okay, I'll talk a little bit. There are a few subtle differences between the oh, two. Okay. I'll, but I watched the original as well, but I did some research and I discovered what some of the differences were. But that's one of the big ones, is that the Mechanicong was called something else. Um, so, yeah, so in the Rankin-Bass King Kong story, it's actually about the Bond family. Uh, and uh, they lived on an island with King Kong, and it was kind of, um, oh, what, what was uh, what was what was Venture Brothers based on again? Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest. I wanted oh. to call it Johnny Five. I knew that was wrong. <laughs> Johnny Quest. It's kind of a Johnny Quest kind of thing. Family gets has sci-fi adventures, and they've in this case they've got a big giant friendly King Kong mm. who's their buddy. Uh, there was even an episode of at least one episode of the animated series. I didn't watch a lot of it because it was before my time, and it's not very good. Uh, but there is definitely an episode where there is a mechanic Kong. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, that probably was either in the works that had already come out by that point. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, here we're we're gonna ditch that family, but it is still about a trio of people who befriend King Kong and get wrapped up in a supervillain's shenanigans. And mm. 
that's mostly where the similarities kind of end, other than the, uh, it's kind of cartoony and kitty friendly. It, it's it's very kid friendly. Uh, more than anything, I was actually reminded of uh, like the Jerry Anderson, Jerry Sylvia Anderson shows. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of like miniature ve- fantastical vehicles in this, like in Thunderbirds or, or Fireball XL5. And uh, yeah, it has that sort of playful toy-like quality, which I, hmm. I just adore. Uh, it, it feels... There's something about this particular shade of picture that is speaking hmm. directly to, like, the eight-year-old in my subconscious. Uh, so the idea of... Uh, my robot King Kong isn't digging Element X out of the ground fast enough. Let's get the real thing. Yeah. And hypnotize him. Uh, and that's basically and, and that's the, the whole plot, plot of the movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, real fast, I just want, before we forget, uh, Doctor Who was also the name of the villain in the show. Oh, and the, the, the cartoon show, the, car- the main oh, no villain kidding. in the show was named Doctor Who. That uh, actually is from the show. So it's a little bit more faithful than I was giving it credit for. I'd forgotten to mention that. All right. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so we've got this mad scientist and we're introduced. The movie begins with this, um, well, it begins in a submarine where we meet our main hero characters. Um, there's um, Carl Nelson. Carl Nelson. And people keep saying his name like he's super famous and you're supposed to know who Carl Nelson is. And mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, he's well, played by an actor named Rhodes Reason. That, that's the actor's name, not the character. <laughs> he looked so familiar, I thought he was the actor from This Island Earth. It turns out uh, he's the little brother of the actor from This Island Earth. Oh, is he really? Okay. And that actor's name was Rex, Rex Reason. Reason. Yeah. Rex Reason and Rhodes Reason. Oh, I, I feel Their dumb. parents I even were put cool. that together. Rex <laughs> and Rhodes Reason. That's amazing. That's so cool to me. Those are just awesome names, and I just thought it was really hilarious. So, um, um, so yeah, Carl, Carl Nelson, yeah. he's no, uh, who was it? Tom Jackson. Uh, oh, uh, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Yeah, he's not Mark Jackson. He's no Mark Jackson. No, he's he's a he's a uh, strong jawed scientist slash submarine commander slash explorer slash superhero slash United Nations representative. He's all of those things. All of he, those he things. Just has access to every space. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is accompanied by uh, Susan Watson. Yes. Played by Linda Jo Miller. Um. I, I didn't realize how many, like, American and English actors appeared in Ishiro Honda's movies. Sure. Uh, Linda Jo Miller mm-hmm. was, uh, funnily enough, she was dubbed into Japanese, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also dubbed into English, and she wasn't super happy about that. She, watched, she said, I could do my own voice. Yeah. Uh, they let Rhodes Reason do his own voice, but then every other ca- male character in the movie, apparently, was done by Paul Fries. Which is fine. He's, he's, yeah. he's an incredibly talented actor, voice yeah. actor. The, the, the joke apparently went that when Rhodes Reason showed up to like do his like audio dubbing, Paul Freeze apparently said, "I can do you better than you." <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Rhodes Reason. Well, come in. <laughs> is this recording booth actually stretching? <laughs> Uh, and of course, joining them is Akira Takarada again. Yay! He's, ba- he's in most of these things in various roles. Akira Takarada is—it's it, insane how devoted he is to each individual role. Yes, he is completely professional. He's playing playing each character a little bit differently. I feel about Akira Takarada the same way I feel about like the supporting cast on a popular cartoon show. Mm. Uh, like I, I was uh, writing about uh, Futurama recently at Slash Film, and you have your regular cast members. You have Billy West, mm-hmm. who does many cast members. You have Maurice LaMarche, who does a bunch. But they have like regular characters they go back to week after week. Sure. So Billy West plays Fry and Doctor Zoidberg and the Professor, and and goes has those voices. He keeps on going back. Yeah, to they play them. multiple characters uh, on the show regularly. Yeah. But they were both in awe of uh, an actor like David Herman, who has like every week is given a new character. Yeah. It's like you put, you have to play peanut number 12. It's like, okay, I'm peanut number 12. It's like, and, and it's like, you have to invent like a new voice for all these new characters. Uh, so I feel that way about Akira Takarada. He's given a new character and he, for every movie and he has to nail that one. <laughs> and not make it like the other ones. And there's, and he's got a funny character too. Cause in many respects, he's basically just like, the sidekick or the partner. He doesn't really drive the story. And then halfway through the movie, 
uh, might as well skip to it. Doctor Who says to, to, to Carl Nelson, those two are in love, aren't they? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, when did that fucking thing happen? Because you didn't set that up at all. There's there's no chemistry between those actors. They don't, they don't no have romances. any romance. They have no, no, they have no romance they scenes. Have they barely together, interact. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden, yeah, they're in love. I'm like, they are? When did this happen? <laughs> can't do that. What the shit? So that's hilarious. Um, we, we just saw a film by... Uh, it was Jun Fukuda who did uh, the last Godzilla movie we covered. Uh, yeah. Did Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ebira, Horror of the Deep. Whatever. Uh, we're back to Ishido Honda. Yes! Yay! And golly, you can tell. Mm. Uh, Ishido Honda just has a knack for where to place the camera. Uh, he's still getting more creative with camera movements and camera placements. Uh, mm-hmm. this he's one finding is... new ways to film giant monsters all yeah, the time. I, yeah, probably just out of boredom. He does sure. so many of these things. Uh, there. This might be the first kaiju picture of of his that has like a close above the monster head tracking shot. Mm. It's like almost like a drone shot because it's it's being shot from a, a helicopter. Yeah, and I imagine like in the studio they just sort of hung the camera on a cable and swung it over King Kong. Sure, but that that was really cool. Yes, yes <laughs> I it seen was. Anything like that in, in one of these before. Anyway, we we meet these three characters. They're in a submarine. They're on some kind of UN mission and uh uh our uh, um what's her shit, what's her name again? Uh, uh Susan. L- L- Linda Mi- uh, Linda Miller. Yeah, uh, Lieutenant Susan Watson. Susan Watson. She's uh, she's the nurse aboard uh the submarine. Um she walks up to, to Carl Nelson and he's like, hey, what you doing, buddy? And he's like, yeah, I'm just studying a bunch of, a bunch of apes. And then she says, and I love her for this because she says this hilarious thing. I wrote it down. Hang on. <laughs> uh, she says, gorillas, I think they're dull. Yes. And he's like, well, let me tell you about this giant gorilla. And then isn't that kind of interesting? And she says, yes, I suppose that is kind of interesting. Can we go see the giant gorilla in his home on Mondo Island? I don't know why we had to change that. Uh, and he's like, no, we can't. Like, clearly they licensed King Kong because they used yeah. King Kong's name. I don't know why we couldn't just use Skull, Skull Island. Or, yeah. I don't know. It would have been so easy. And so they're basically saying, hey, we want to go see King Kong? No. And then we cut to Mechanic Kong. We're not right away. See, right, four minutes is, yeah. in. We're so used to not seeing a giant monster until 30 to 40 minutes into the movie. This is like, whoa. Pace yourself. We meet the giant uh, uh, King Kong. We meet uh, the villainous Doctor Who, played by Hideo Yamamoto. Um, and he has... Depending on the scene, she either works for him and gets him drinks, or she's his boss. They are never clear about this. Well, um, Madam Piranha. Yes. (laughs) Or Madam X, as uh, she is accredited in the American dub, and in neither film is her name ever said out loud. No. Which is just hilarious. Uh, Yeah, played by by Miyahama, and, uh... I thought there was some dialogue to the effect that she's some sort of like, like a uh, celebrity, like she's a pop star or a movie star. And no. like, she was in league with this evil guy because she was like kind of rich and corrupt. Uh, no, I don't know where you got that from. I never got that oh, at okay. all. That, that, they, was, that was, I don't know. Maybe I'm just filling something into my head. She's, but, yeah. she's allegedly, she's working with Dr. Who, who was trying to acquire a mysterious, like, rare and powerful like radioactive isotope called element x and there's only like a few ounces ever discovered but there's a huge deposit in the north pole which is why his doom fortress is in the north pole and why he built mechanic kong after carl nelson's drawings of king kong so he respects him i guess um to dig into the ice and bring out the element X because it's like too radioactive for people to do. Um, it, it's his... never explained why it it needs to be ape shaped. No, like it it's it could what what why does it just, why, it why, it could why just, be just a get Mogera the mole robot? That would have made a heck of a lot more sense. A drill, <laughs> a drill would have been Look, fine. He's a super villain. I understand the need yeah. to have like some sort of anthropomorphic monster robot. Okay, fine, but why a gorilla? That's not a burrowing animal. <laughs> Choices were made. There uh, are burrowing animals. Get uh, one of those. Madame Piranha uh, is funding this operation 
and she is you going to use the gorilla and or element X. I thought the gorilla was enough. They say with this gorilla we could conquer the world. But uh, with Mechanicong, they're going to get Element X, and they're going to conquer the world for the country she works for. Which is not Japan. <laughs> it's not Japan. It's not China. It's not Korea. It is somewhere in Asia. They confirm that. But multiple times in this movie, people ask Point Blake, mm. what country do you work for? And she always says something really oblique. Like, oh, it's not one of the the ones you... Yeah, you know the one. Or, oh, it's not one of the famous ones. I'm I'm actually ashamed of some of the things that we've done. And I'm like, why are you even doing this? You've made up countries before. You could just say it's from a made-up country. But they're just being, like, weird about it. Like, like they they want the audience to know that it's a real country so that if there's a country you're actually mad at right now, it can be that one, I guess? I don't know. And this is one of the biggest things that was like cut out of the American version. This whole, I don't know if it's a joke mm. or what, but the idea that she, she doesn't tell anyone what country she's working for and nobody actually knows, <coughs> which comes up over and over again, just cut. It's just completely it, cut from the American It, it must have been a gag of some kind. It must be, right? Uh, it, it's either a gag or it's some sort of reference that we're not getting. Like at the time it would have been obvious, like, maybe? Yeah, it's like, like oh, oh I, you know which country I work for in 1967. They would have said, oh, yeah, I know which country she works for. That's guess. C- clearly a reference to China Something. or whatever it was. But yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really fucking vague, and they call attention to how vague it is multiple times, which... Mm. Should be funnier than it is, but it's not. Anyway, they use Mechanicong. Mechanicong digs into the ice, and there's like this big giant blinding light. It it's glows, like a, yeah. yeah it's, Element it, X is blinding to look Element at. Element X is actually, a fun fact, that's actually what was in uh, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. It was just a, a, a was hunk just, of Element X. It was a hunk of Element X. And you know Quentin Tarantino might actually think that. Because he's never oh, actually God. said what was in there. Everyone's always like, oh, what could it be? I remember when I was a kid, when they opened up that, that briefcase, and mm. you know, Vincent Vega looks at it and says, oh, and it gets like kind of entranced by it. Yeah, light comes out of this, the There briefcase. were theories. People wrote like articles in Entertainment Weekly about what's in the briefcase. The, the most so, popular uh, theory that was spread around was that it contains uh, the soul of Marcellus Wallace. Which like is, he sold it to the devil, and now it's like being carried in a briefcase. That, which, you know, very Repo Man-ish. Yeah. There's a there's a scene in Pulp Fiction where the first time we see Marcellus Wallace, the character played by mm. Bing Rams, uh, we see him from the back, and he has a band-aid over his neck. Mm. Which is people, where, where they extracted his soul from. Extracted his soul and left the sign of the beast. Apparently he just had something on his neck and they mm. put a band-aid over it. But I, I don't think any of that's true. I think it's Element X, and I know Quentin Tarantino has seen this movie, mm-hmm. and I, I can just... Pro- it'd be weird if he hadn't, given his, <laughs> his taste in films. Yeah. I bet it's Element X. And if I ever meet him, I'm going to ask. Um, anyway, uh, the Mechanicong is actually rendered inert by the sheer overwhelming power of Element X. Yeah, I, and the cold. like it's The too- cold didn't help either. Yeah. 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 So uh, now Doctor Who is at a loss. Uh, she's like, okay, I'm going to pull funding from the project. He's like, no, 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 no. I've got an idea. See, this is why I think she's a rich celebrity of some kind. <laughs> I, I, anyway, I, I don't. Sorry, I don't know where I, where I put that together. I, I, an, I thought I thought it was clear to me. But, I, yeah. I, there's there's a bit in the middle where she pretends to be other people. Maybe it was from that. Uh, maybe. In any case, uh, so he's got a new plan, and his plan is he's going to use the real King Kong to extract the radioactive isotope that was so powerful it would kill any living thing, which is why he built Mechanic Kong. What? Well, uh, uh, huh? What? How does that? <laughs> what? Anyway, uh, we cut back to uh, the submarine. The submarine uh, is uh, damaged, and now they actually have to. Uh, they have to stop, and they have to take a breather at. Wouldn't you know it? Mondo Island. Mm-hmm. And they get to Mondo Island, and they start walking around Mondo Island, and, and an I old know. man starts yelling at him. You're all doomed. It's doomed. A, don't a, go there. It's got a death curse. <laughs> There's a there's a storytelling trope uh, I've always heard it called mm. the half man, mm. where uh, usually in a horror movie there's a character who has experienced the monster or the evil at some point in the past and has been left changed in some way, scarred mentally or physically, and they try to warn you, mm. or at the very least they explain 
how it works. They give you exposition. And this, this is this one old guy. King Kong usually has kind of like Mothra, like a whole bunch of people on the island, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, sacrificing things to him or whatever. It's, it's worshipping. Worshipping, certainly. <laughs> but also Fay Ray. Fay Ray hit and Jessica Lang were on, you know, didn't fare well. And neither did Naomi Watts, I suppose. Um, but uh, in, in this version, it's just one guy. Yeah, he's that's, literally that's, just that's one all guy. they can do, and he gets shot. <laughs> he gets shot, not not by our heroes. Later in the no, movie, no. he gets shot, but like he does, it's really sad. Uh, he tries to warn them away from the whole King Kong thing, and the men decide to move forward mm. and leave the woman unattended. And naturally, uh, if there's anything we know about King Kong, it's he's attracted to blonde women. Very, and, and we happen to have one in this movie. Blonde women, like one twentieth his size, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at first, King Kong doesn't show up. In fact, she actually sees a Gorosaurus. Which uh, is sort of the, the most direct linking material we ha- we'll have to other Godzilla films. Yes, because that footage will end up in uh, Destroy All Monsters. Uh, and, Go- and Gorosaurus in other scenes as well. Yes. Uh, so, technically, this this one, we, we were concerned this was too much of a digression briefly. Turns out it's fine. Yeah, it's it, technically it might, might not connected. technically be the same King Kong Um mm. Uh, it's Haruo and Nakajima playing King Kong again. Cool. Uh, or play, who usually plays Godzilla is now playing King Kong in this one. Yeah. Uh, and Haruo Nakajima has a couple moves that he likes to rely on in the monster suit, including yeah. this this kind of. I saw a lot of uh, wrestlers in the '80s do this very particular bodybuilder kind of flex, where they kind of punch their fists together and lean over a little bit. Mm. He does that a lot. <laughs> kind of waves his arms in a very particular way. You can tell. You can tell who's in the suit just by the the, the particular balletic movements. The Gorosaurus pops up, and of course she's very scared. It's mm. a big, giant animal, right? She shouldn't be, because the Gorosaurus does nothing to her. In fact, it walks up to her just a little bit. It trundles, really. It trundles up to her just a little bit, and then with its little, you know, dinosaur front claws like a T-Rex, you know, not very effective. It does a little wave. It literally waves to her very politely. And she gets all mad and screams. And that's when King Kong shows up. Mm. And King Kong, he like walks up to her as if he's about to to like scold her for being mean to Gorosaurus. Mm. It's like, hey, he was just saying, oh, you're, ah. All right, Gorosaurus. Let's put on a show for her, huh? Come on, let's wrestle. And so they wrestle a little bit, and it's really, really fun. And then, unfortunately, it goes too far, and Gorosaurus dies. And King Kong grabs the girl and is like, let's get out of here before anyone notices us. And then he runs off. That is my entire interpretation of this scene. I never thought she was threatened by the Gorosaurus for one second. It totally reads very different to me. Gorosaurus is the uh, sort of... Gorosaurus is the closest we'll have to just a dinosaur just a in T-Rex, these movies yeah. until like well, Anguirus was kind of an Ankylosaurus, but not really. Uh, but it was Anguirus, you know. It was... I know, <laughs> I, they, but there's like it's an Ankylosaurus. Sometimes we call them Anguirus. No, we do not. This one we do because that's Anguirus because it's a monster. <laughs> but that's his proper name. It's not his. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Anguirus was my father. <laughs> uh, um. There's also going to be a, a creature called the Titanosaurus, mm. and then later on in the next continuity, they're going to travel back in time and find just a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ah, good times. Gotta love them. Uh, but Gorosaurus was essentially the kaiju version of the Tyrannosaur from King Kong. Yeah. Because what does King Kong do? He trashes lizards. That's Yeah. He sees anything vaguely reptilian, that, that fucker's going to die. Yeah. Uh, that was the climax of the most recent King Kong movie. Um, he fought Godzilla. Well, uh, I guess the one uh, Kong, Kong colon Skull Island. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah, the climax of that movie is just tra- trash a lizard monster. Yeah. Uh, like Godzilla hates lizards. That's that's what we need to know. So that's, it's kind of like a requirement for these kinds of movies. I guess. Um, so he absconds with, with, our, with our lady friend and our heroes are trying to like get her back. Uh, and... Um, I gotta say, I, I mentioned this last time when we did King Kong vs. Godzilla. Not a fan of this design of Godzilla. It's not about him being a guy in a suit. He looks to me you, you like a... King Kong? I said, I said, you I said, said Godzilla. Godzilla but yeah. King Kong. Not a huge fan of this design of King Kong. Again, it's not just because he's a guy in a suit. I, it's not that, like, I think he looks better in stop motion. He does, but that's neither here nor there. Um, 
he looks with his like googly eyes like an animatronic from Chuck E. Cheese. Well, that's I, I kind of like that though. Okay. I kind of like that about this King Kong. Um, remember the King Kong we saw in King Kong versus Godzilla? Like the the jaw wasn't really articulate. And the eyes didn't really move. It looked like a Halloween mask. Yeah. And the way they painted the eyes on the King Kong mask made him look drunk. Like, yeah, he wasn't yeah. focusing on anything. And it, it didn't just, help that his character actually drank actually, a lot. Oh yeah, it's actually, like, <laughs> drinking this sort of, like, <laughs> liquid that made him kind of, like, sleepy and tipsy. Uh, so, now we have, like, those big eyes. They open yeah. and close. Yeah. Good effect. They're okay. The the, okay. the the mouth moves a little. We see all that bit, like big teeth in God's in King Kong's yeah, they, mouth. They made it more expressive. Um, I'll give him that. Uh, and Haru Nakajima is like really jumping around a lot, yeah. L- a lot more mobile in this suit. Trying to make Godzilla feel like a distinct K- creature King from Kong, Godzilla. King Kong again. God damn it! Godzilla's not in this King- movie. I, it's a Godzilla podcast. <laughs> Trying to make King Kong feel like a distinct creature yeah. from. Godzilla. From they Godzilla, move differently, yeah. which is important, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't want them all feel the same. So, yeah, that tracks. But um, I, I, I like that it actually has some expression on its face, because yeah. that's vital for King Kong, because King yeah. Kong uh, has sort of sympathy for human characters. Yeah. A little bit more human qualities than we see in, in the other kaiju. And in fact, he imprints on humans like really fast like he really likes susan a lot and so when our intrepid man heroes decide to like grab her and like run back off to the submarine uh king kong follows them and he starts like kind of like shaking the submarine like i know she's in there somewhere how does it how do i unlock this puzzle box innocently looking through not not trying to hurt anyone never never a threat king kong his size makes him dangerous but it's never intentional and they're like, okay, he's going to scuttle the ship. We can't do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan, would you mind going up there and talking to him? Which she does. And she, it's successful. It's successful. And I love what she says. She says, hey, stop that. I sleep and eat on this ship. And you have expect King Kong to go, oh, I'm sorry. Put it down. My apologies. Now let us continue our polite conversation. I like it. she explains things in simple terms, and that's how King King Kong gets it. Yeah, like later in the movie when King Kong and and Mecha Kong are finally going to wail on each other because they are. Uh, that, that's, they have to. that's not a spoiler. Uh, that's, that's the, not, that's the reason the, the movie exists. Uh, poster for God's sake. She she says, "Oh, you have to destroy that. It's not alive. It's a machine. It's okay. Smash it. It's yeah. okay." And, and King Kong's like, "Oh well, then fuck it. Then I'll, I'll smash the <laughs> hell out of this thing." Um. They manage to leave. They leave King Kong, and King Kong looks kind of bummed out. And uh, then they immediately have like uh, a press conference at the United Nations, mm-hmm. and he says, "Hey, we found this island, and there's a King Kong in it." That's the end of my presentation. Does anyone have any questions? I'm like, "Yes, your presentation was two sentences long. Elaborate." The press swarm Carl Nelson, and the first question: This guy. Oh, this reporter, he says, okay, so you're going to capture him, right? Why was that your first idea that you had to capture this giant guy, uh, ape and bring, I, did you just see the movie and you just assume that's the only thing we can do? And he's like, no, we're going to go like observe him in his natural habitat, you know, like not total assholes. <laughs> And uh, then they also say, uh, so um, why why did King Kong uh, uh, spare you? Mm. And uh, to which point Carl says, and fuck Carl for this, by the way. Well, Kong is a male and Miss Watson is a, well, see for yourselves, gentlemen. And all the reporters laugh. And Susan is just like, I'm going to sue the shit out of you. (laughs) Like, what the shit was that? That's some fucked up. I've I've never quite mid sixties. It's uh, just a wonderfully blazingly sexist. Dime. Yeah, thanks, Madman. Mm. I uh, I've never quite. I I know we're supposed to think that King Kong is in love with yeah. the with the lady protagonist of all mm. these King Kong movies, whether it's Fay Ray, Jessica Lange, Naomi Watts, mm. um, Susan, um, <laughs> Susan, <laughs> Susan. I never. It never really feels amorous to me it feels like he found a pet 
Yeah, it's, that, it's, that's what it feels like more than like he's in love with her and well, wants to King, romance her. It King feels Kong like he found is, like a mouse and he wants to keep it. Well, King Kong is in, in that regard is, is sort of an innocent kind of a yeah. little kid. That's why we sympathize with King Kong. Yeah. Uh, King Kong uh, is, you know, not lighting candles and having romantic dinners. Yeah. It's not, not a, a sort of adult romance, mm. but it's, yeah, this sort of like crush kind of like little kid fascination I, with I this woman. Even, I don't even see uh, it as being a crush though. I mean like it's, it's she's he's a different species. Mm-hmm. She's significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, man. I just I look at it as I found a I found a cat and I want to bring it home. That's okay. always been like the kind of and I, that's affection. Mm-hmm. That's enough to build a story around. Like he wants to take care of it and hug it and mm-hmm. squeeze her and call her George. But like we that's a Looney Tunes reference by the way. Um yeah, I've never really picked up on all this amorous stuff that people tend mm-hmm. to throw into these King Kong movies. It never really reads to me. Um, Maybe that's because I'm ace. I don't know. But, like, that's. <laughs> I, I, I have to throw that in there. But, like, yeah, it's. For, I don't for know. a long time, I was always a little confused because, you know, King Kong's this big, sort of brutal animal. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, wh- whoever his, uh, his uh, paramour is is going to be. Uh, much much smaller and i'm thinking well surely there's like a, an element of sexual attraction between king kong and and the human woman and there's even there was even a, a censored bit or one that uh, is a little bit contested in the original oh, yeah. king kong where he like kind of ripped off her clothes a little R- bit ripped right? off her clothes and also like touched her and then smelled his finger like that was a little uh, oh that yeah was considered I like I a, li- a little bit that, unsavory actually. yeah that's, that's um, a little weird yeah and you know when i was a teenager i'm like how's that gonna work like (laughs) if these two people are you know sexually attracted to each other but one's like a 30 foot tall monstrous ape marge and homer made it working the king homer trios of horror episode so i suppose anyway you look a little flesh you should eat more vegetables and less people Anyway, uh, so they're going to go back to observe Khan, but before they can get there, Doctor Who has arrived. And uh, I love it because he sends like a fleet of helicopters to like buzz Mondo Island, and King Kong is woken up by them. As. And. when monsters wake up in these movies, I'm very sympathetic to them because they're always thrust into a situation outside of their control. Yeah. We saw it with Godzilla the other day. Like, did you just electrocute me to make me fight a lobster? <laughs> Jesus, guys, I was napping. So King Kong awakens to find his house, and he's like, he's got a cave, he's got a door. He's like, his house is being buzzed by helicopters, and he's like, hey, you kids! knock it off up there and he's like swinging a tree to try to get him to stop and then they drop these like ether bombs on him and he's like and he collapses and doctor who kills the warning guy on the island that's when that happens um and then our heroes arrive and they're like okay let's look for our kong buddy and like oh I, i wonder where he could be oh it looks like some human beings might have broken these branches and then they look slightly to their left like two feet away and they see like this ether bomb that was right there the whole time <laughs> that they never regarded before which is hilarious and uh, immediately he knows it was doctor this who. was doctor who it's clearly doctor who even doctor who says carl nelson will not be fooled <laughs> not the great carl nelson <laughs> Somehow it doesn't have the music of Doctor Doom complaining about Reed Richards, like Carl Nelson. Like you can imagine Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Doom in his like green cloak and metal armor with his arms to the air, Richards. Hmm. But you can't imagine him going Nelson, Carl Nelson, Carl Nelson. It doesn't have the same music uh, to it, you know. Um, I remember I, I heard a story that um a lot of the, the characters in Marvel Comics have alliterative names, mm-hmm. uh, specifically so Stan Lee could remember them more easily. Yeah, he was writing a ton of comics yeah, at the time so, and just wanted to... You know, say Reed Richards, Doctor Doom, Peter Parker, Bruce Banner. Yeah. Uh, you can find early uh, Spider-Man comics where he got a little confused and called the character Peter Palmer. Kind of mixed it up a little bit for Whoopsie. a second. Um yeah, in fact, when uh, when they made the Incredible Hulk TV series in the 1970s, mm-hmm. the makers of the show thought that sounded too much like a kid story. Bruce so, Banner. So, so they, it was they David named him, Banner. They named yeah. David Banner, and then later on, they kind of grandfathered that into the comic, so his name is Bruce David Banner, like David's oh, middle name. Okay. Just to sort of keep it all in line a little. It didn't feel like... 
a totally different thing. I love how Doctor Who is treated like this awesome. First off, he wears a cape with like a silver uh, collar all the time, and regardless love, of the situation. I love his hair. Oh, yeah. Because he's got, um, if you remember, Christopher Walken's hairdo from Batman Returns. Like, yes. it's that kind of big silvery mane. It's awesome. And I love how Carl Nelson even refers to him. He's like, ah, it's my old friend, the international Judas. Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, what a great moniker. Can you imagine the international Judas? Can you imagine, like, playing, like, like Carnegie Hall and, like, like yelling out your name? Here he is, the international Judas himself. <laughs> Doctor Who. Da-da-da. <sighs> Da-da-da. Love him. Uh, they also have a, a very cute cut here. Because they're like, oh, well, we, we got to find Kong, right? And, and Dr. Carl Nelson's like, oh, yeah, we can find him. We won't be too hard. He's a giant ape. The only way we couldn't find him is if he was in the North Pole. Smash cut to yeah, the North, to the North Pole. Pole. Yeah. Adorable. And King Kong wakes up. In a cage. In a cage. Giant chained, cage. Chained to the ground. Chained to the ground. Ugh, this shit again. And, weirdly enough, as he's, like, groggy and, like, opening his eyes, mm. like, oh, where am I? What did I do last night? Oh, why am I chained to a wall? And then who what? am I with? There's a giant robot version of me. Mm. Every time a monster wakes up, it's a new existential nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just you wake up, man, you're going to go to sleep sometime today. Imagine if you woke up next to and you next to a robot wall, clone. <laughs> next to a robot clone of you. No context. You're going to be having a rough day on a variety of levels. Some unexpected. I picture like Ed Asner. Oh, yeah. What fresh hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Dorothy Parker quote originally, actually. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, um, uh, Madame Piranha is concerned because, hey, we've got a King Kong here. And he's kind of a giant monster with the mind of his own. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to make him do what you want him to do, Doctor Who? And Doctor Who is like, well, having studied Carl uh, uh, Carl Nelson's notes. Sorry. I almost called him Carl Franklin. I'm like, no, that's the director of Devil in a Blue Dress. Very different guy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, cool director. Uh, having, having, having studied Carl Nelson's notes, I know that King Kong is susceptible to hypnosis. And I was like, what notes were those? You know, when did all Carl those, find that out? All those tests, all those hypnosis tests they were <laughs> conducting on the gigantic monster. If anything, they know that that he's a lush. Just yeah. give him some drugs. There you go. Yeah, we know he likes his booze. Yeah, yeah. Will you dig for me? No. We'll give we'll give you some booze. Oh shoot! <laughs> Pass blue ribbon, of course. Yes. Um, gave up drinking for a week once. It was terrible. <laughs> Nobody likes a quitter. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so they're gonna, they, they put like these like earpieces in Kong's head and they like and flash lights at him and they give him like these weird noises. Well, the, 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 the things they put on his head, I, I assumed were like stabbing into his brain. I guess. So they were or, hypnotizing or him and then broadcasting him. instructions and Doctor yeah. Who was like on a mic. Yeah. Telling yeah, him what Telling to him do. where to go and sort I, of go to where the element X is and dig it up. And I love the assumption he's gonna understand our language, right? He's, yeah, we don't need to like explain things to him. They literally says, I want you to go down uh, underground and find element X. He has no context for what that is. You didn't explain. There's a glowy thing down there. Not even like in like children's terms. It's just like, Hey, find the MacGuffin. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) What are you doing to me? But he starts digging. It's really, really rough. And it turns out that even King Kong is susceptible to element X and things are not going to go super duper well. Uh, our heroes are, uh, are quickly captured. Uh, again, they're just grabbed by, they, they basically like the bad guys show up and say, Oh, Hey, you're needed back at the United nations. And they're like, Oh, okay. We'll get in your helicopter. Mystery guys with no credentials. Ah, (laughs) shit. We're captured. Aren't we? And they're like, yeah, they bring him over there, and of course, Carl Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Tie us up. Uh, uh, yeah. Again. Uh, Carl Nelson is, of course, treated like a king by Doctor Who, and it's like, oh, let's, let us continue our chess game we haven't played in years. So they go play chess and drink coffee, 
and uh, they they talk about how evil Doctor Who is and how good Carl Nelson is, and he's like, I won't help you control Kong, and he's like, I, don't know, I could kill your friends, I could turn off like like the the atmosphere in there and like freeze them out, and he's like, Yeah, I guess you could if you were evil. And he's like, Well, I am. Like, oh, okay. Well, I hadn't really thought of that. Um, shit. And so he does. He mm. freezes him out. And then he's like, and then he leaves Carl Nelson home, with, like, alone with, like, Madame Piranha, who's like, hey, have you considered having sex with me? And he's like, no. <laughs> no, actually. That, you're, you're quite evil. And she's like, ah, maybe I, I might do one of those things where I'm like, I stop being evil halfway through the movie because your goodness is sexy. And he's like, yeah, we could do that, I guess, but I'm still not going to fuck you. And she's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so she starts becoming, she starts realizing the error of her ways and she's going to become a good guy. And, um, yeah, and uh, they try to convince people to, to stop Kong from, from doing stuff. And Kong is like, yeah, I actually just want to escape. And so Kong just starts escaping. Like the, like the title promised. Yep, Kong escapes quite well, actually. And he, uh, there's a big uh, cave-in, and Element X is like lost forever. They're never going to get it. Uh, and so Kong is trying to escape, and Doctor Who sends uh, Mechanic Kong after him. Basically, at this point, just to fuck him up, because yeah. he's pissed. And Kong swims away, and he swims to, to Tokyo, because that's where we'd go. And... Uh, Mechanicong arrives and they they start fighting and stuff. There's a lot of plot in this part and it all boils down to Doctor Who is evil, Madame Piranha decides to become a better person, King Kong escapes and Mechanicong chases after him. Yeah. That's basically it, it's a really messy way of conveying two sentences of plot and it takes a really long it's <laughs> yeah. actually longer than usual. This is like an this, hour and 40 minutes. This it's our longest one to date. Yeah. Um, I think apart from the, the first Godzilla. Um, yeah, but... the, the American version is like eight minutes shorter. Okay. It's mostly little things. Like yeah, they kind of few, like they're just a it's, shot it's, here it's and there. It's four but... minutes, which yeah, it's, yeah. is a, a, a monster as, as far as these things go. Yeah. Uh, and um, the only upsetting part is, you know, we know how these movies end. There's going to yeah. be some like battle royale. Yeah. Mothra's gonna wrap Godzilla in silk. Uh, Yay! You know, Frankenstein is gonna tumble down a hill for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the prolonged monster fight mm. isn't in this movie. No, I mean they they tussle, but it's they tussle, actually... but they're like chasing each other and yeah. like running around. There's a and then it finally climaxes with Mechanicong uh, stealing. Uh, Susan, Susan, and taking yeah. her up like on a wire, and King Kong has to go after her. There's, it's, there's... it's not just these two creatures wailing on each well, other. Well, and, and I think the the human element in that a human is actually like involved in the action and needs to be rescued is something that we Godzilla doesn't give that much of a shit hmm. like about people. He begrudgingly protects protects people. Uh, he's more interested in just sort of his turf yeah. than he is about actual human lives, at least so far. Um, but Kong likes people. Kong, Kong has a kinship with people. And so when Mechanic Kong like grabs Susan and tries to climb a tower in Tokyo, King Kong's like, Oh, I gotta get that back. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> this is this. Uh, <sighs> I could have gotten a puppy. Okay. This is fine. This, this never <laughs> happens with the puppy. That's all I'm saying. Um, there is a there, Mechanicong does have a few tricks up his sleeve. Um, he has at the beginning of the movie like a grenade belt, which he never uses against Kong, which I feel like is is a, a waste. That's right. Like he yeah. drops grenades down crevices to help mine. But, yeah, uh, you think yeah. that'd be a good weapon, but he never uses them in the actual fight. Um, he's got a hypno ray, and it actually works on Kong. And Kong's like, oh, I don't know, maybe I can't fight Mechanicong. And that's the the one cool thing that. Um, uh, Akira Takarada gets to do is he grabs a gun and he shoots that thing off of Mechanicong's head, like the hypno beam. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's like that's kind of cool. Uh, and then and it's a cool looking gun, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the other thing the Mechanicong has is he's got strobe lights out of his eyes. So when hmm. God's, when King Kong looks at him too hard, he just goes flash, and King Kong's like ah, yeah. Let's see the the floaty spots. No, it's gonna be so annoying. Mechanicon grabs Susan, climbs up a thing. Uh, 
King Kong gets Mechanic Kong to drop Susan. He catches Susan, thank goodness. And he puts her down and says, wait right here. I'm going to go destroy the, the robot thing. Um, I love it when she, like, calls out to King Kong, by the way, because there's a bit, like, where she's like, Kong! Kong! King Kong! And I'm like, how many Kongs are there here, do you think? Oh, They're sorry. Gonna be confused. Uh... <laughs> it's, excuse me, madam. Oh, I, sorry. I, I thought you were talking to Prince Kong over there. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, uh, King Kong fights Mechanic Kong. Mechanic Kong ends up falling off the tower and smashes into a bunch of pieces. And that, it's all done in one shot, so that must have been a fun prop. A re- really cool look. Yeah. Uh, and then but, everyone realizes that Kong was okay. He, yeah. was, he wasn't a bad guy. They're, they keep talking about, like, oh, should we nuke the monsters? Why is that our default? Stop that! <laughs> Jeez. Like, we have so many nuclear bombs and we never get to use them. Good! It's good, man! You realize even having one of those things is like one of the most unethical things imaginable? Yes! It's like, why, why do we have electric chairs? Oh, so we can kill people. Oh. Oh! Okay. <laughs> Great! Well, gr- I'm glad we have that then. Jesus. We to, in case we need to kill somebody by electrocuting them to death. Yeah. What? <laughs> anyway. Hey, King Kong is, is fine, and he like he's gonna go fuck mm. off, and they're just like, oh yeah, there, there he goes. Good go, for him. Sw- swims away, just like Swim- he did in King Kong yeah. v. Godzilla. Swims away, everyone's like, you know, bye. Mm. And uh, then they're like, and then there's like a line where it's like, yeah, so Element X is fine. And, uh... No, there, oh, there was... oh, and, uh, and Doctor Who kills uh, Madame Piranha. You mentioned, and, yeah. And then uh, uh, Doctor Who is also killed by Kong when Kong uh, when when Susan tells Kong to smash Doctor Who's boat. Oh yeah, and he's he's on board the boat. Like he, you can just you can smash that one, Kong, and he's like, ooh, smashy, smashy, and he smashes the boat, and Doctor Who is like crushed between some things, yeah. and that's that's the end of Doctor Who. Um, I dig the movie a lot. I love the mm. robot Kong. I love uh, kind of how weirdly cartoony he looks. It's like, a very silly. I like that I could follow the plot, um, which was nice. There wasn't some weird alien subplot that I or diamond heist that I wasn't really sure what was going on. The plot actually uh, revolved around the monsters entirely for once, which was refreshing yeah, and direct. Mm. You know, I, I like the weird ones where it kind of just somehow finds its way to giant monsters, mm. but it after so many, it's kind of nice to see one that's actually just about giant monsters from beginning to end, mm. uh, and the, it lets you meet them sooner too. Yeah, but, if I have any complaints, it's that uh, Mecha Kong is only controlled by Doctor Who. Mecha Kong doesn't have a, a will of its own. It's just a, mm-hmm. a, it is just a machine. I would have also been okay uh, if Doctor Who was inside Mechanic Kong, like pulling levers and shit. Yeah, because then it's, he's like, then defeating Mecha Kong is defeating Doctor Who. Or, or just cool. you know, back at base, like hitting up like a panel of buttons or something. He's kind of doing that a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, even though. We'll eventually meet Mecha Godzilla as well. Yes. Uh, Me- Mecha Godzilla is, is my hero. He's uh, <laughs> my big brother. He will okay. always be, or de- be dear to my heart. And okay. um, what, what did what did Mecha Godzilla teach you about life? What is there to know? <laughs> Mecha Godzilla has taught me everything. Um, Mecha Godzilla is also in con- was being controlled by evil aliens. Yeah, but. In a battle, you started to get the impression that Mechagodzilla was, like, figuring stuff out. He was, he was finding sentience. And, or, yeah. or at the very least, like, using uh, his own mechanical uh, body in, like, mm. a clever way. Yeah. It's a, a scene in uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla where he'll turn his head backwards and shoot a laser and point his fingers forward and mm. shoot missiles to, at two different monsters simultaneously. Mecha Kong doesn't get to do stuff like that. He doesn't have enough weapons. Like he should have fun gadgets. Yeah, like, he should have like a do... buzz saw on his back or something. Mm. I don't know. Like it feels like a bit of a missed opportunity for yeah. that uh, to either not give Mechanic Kong a personality or if he's just a tool, let him have more tools. Mm. Like just play, you know. And so that's, that's a bit that's, of a disappointment. That... But I mean, that's a like a vague disappointment. Mm-hmm. I still like the way the monster looks. I still and I and I like Kong. There's something kind of sweet about the the goofy, articulated eyes and monster face. You say it looks like a, a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I I think that's a positive. <laughs> Fair enough. It's just an aesthetic thing. I yeah. know some people are gonna love it, and I just I just don't. All right. It just it I find it distancing. It doesn't look 
like even Godzilla. I think it's because he's reptilian and he doesn't have like a like ex- expressly humanoid features to begin with. Yeah, that I'm a lot more forgiving about you know him not looking exactly like a real reptile or anything like that. But because Kong, you know, he's 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 a close relative of humanity, so mm-hmm. we can look at an ape and we see you know human expression and human uh, you know uh, gestures and human eyes. Uh, or at least we can see more of that. Um, when King Kong, he, he's he's actually not close enough to the Uncanny Valley. I guess is my point. Mm. Like he's actually like so far away from it that he looks more like a guy in a suit than Godzilla does to me. Okay, and so it it, it always pulls me out of these a little bit. Uh, Mechanicon gets away with it because Mechanicon is a robot. Yeah, Mechanicon. Like, except it's Mecha- if they look. Like I accept Mechanicon. I just can't accept I, uh, King Kong in this context. I remember, uh, like in the early two thousands, when uh, CGI was in a lot more mov- movies, but mm. it wasn't always great. It was usually uh, quite bad. Like actually. sometimes, sometimes the, the the studios did okay with it. You looked at something like Jurassic Park; they used it really sparingly and well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie um, still holds up actually because CJ was but, good. But you know, try to look at, try to look at the CGI monstrosity at the end of The Mummy Returns. Oh, it's awful! Uh, yeah, this big scorpion monster oh, the scorpion with the rock's face. Like that, shit. It, it, it looked yeah. bad at the time. Oh yeah, even at and, the time uh, we were laughing. We weren't. We weren't like, ooh, how impressive for the day. Hmm. We were all like. No, this would have been cool in stop motion, actually. We should have just done that. I even remember reading Roger Ebert's review. He says, there's a lot of talk about how good special effects are getting. We also need to talk about how bad they're getting. Yeah. uh, But when you use uh, CG to do, uh, like, a robot creature, or, Mm -hmm. uh, like, in the first Harry Potter movie, they do it on, like... A centaur, or like mm-hmm. a fantasy creature. It's like okay a giant that they. Spider, yeah. It's okay that those look a little unreal because those are fantasy creatures. I, that's I think the centaur looked like crap in that movie, but I just think that oh. even the human, the human part should be the easy part. Why did the human part look so fake? Like, uh, well, the human but, part but, of a centaur but, should look like a human, right? Well, but I was saying, you know, because a, a centaur is this sort of strange fantasy creature, it's okay yeah. that it looks kind of strange that way. No, I was okay with it. And the centa- and, uh, I'm okay with it except for the centaur. I thought the centaur looked bad, but okay. Yeah. So that, that's why a robot might work better. But I think that it pertains to kaiju as well. They sure. are these gigantic inhuman creatures. It's okay that they look a little artificial. Yeah. Uh, outsize and, uh, you know, out, out of our realm. Yeah, I just think, you know, but I do think that each distinct monster you know has a different form feels like it's of like a different genus or like a different Mm -hmm. animal and you know if it's supposed to look kind of like something that we know and it clearly does not uh i can see how that's a bit more distancing i remember it was um douglas adams who wrote the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy wrote a great book called last chance to see yeah i've read it uh and uh last chance to see was the the whole premise was i'm going to travel the world and i'm going to see animals that are on the verge of going extinct because for all we know this is our last chance and he talked about going to see a komodo dragon Mm -hmm. and he's so fucking funny because it's douglas adams but he's talking about like you're talking to experts about Komodo dragons. Like, oh, how many Komodo dragons are left? And the guy's like, I forget the number. It's like a hundred. Yeah. And he's like, oh, how many did there used to be? We don't know. A hundred might actually be normal. How do you know it's going extinct? <laughs> well, a hundred's not a lot, is it? I suppose not. So he's very confused by the whole thing. But he goes to see a Komodo dragon, and he talks about how lizards are not supposed to be that big. <laughs> it's extremely surreal. To see a lizard that big. You're used to like a human that big or an ape Mm. or a mammal even. But a lizard that size moving around and can bite your face off is an extremely surreal thing to see. And I can accept that surreality Mm. from all the lizard monsters. But when they start getting mammalian, when I start like knowing a little bit more what it's like to be... I'm a mammal. Like I know what it's like to be that. And (laughs) then all of a sudden it starts looking more fake. Look at my hair and my four-chambered heart. <laughs> yes, look at it. Rip. <laughs> um, anyway, it's not a big deal. Watch, watch just... me give life birth. Anyway, uh, um, last thoughts on uh, King Kong Escapes? Uh, just, I dig it. I, I've said yeah. it all. It's fun. It's a shame it's not easier to find. It's not streaming yeah, anywhere right now. It, I think if, it might be out you, of print. If you dig through the internet, you can find it. But yeah, it's... Yeah. Home video releases are kind of rare. Mm-hmm. It's a shame um, Criterion didn't get to pick this one up. I think Universal mm-hmm. owns the rights to the American dub. 
Mm-hmm. So they've released that on DVD, but they don't own the rights to the Japanese version. It so that version one, is not readily available. Well, it might be yet. one of those things where Toho owns the movie, but uh, RKO yeah. or Universal owns um, King Kong. Kong. Yeah, then and no yeah, one knows have, who owns it anymore. Nobody wants to negotiate or you know split the royalties, so they're just sort of sitting on it. It's really annoying when that happens. Mm-hmm. I suspect that's what happens. That's why we don't have, like... The live-action Spider-Man series on streaming anywhere because Disney owns Spider-Man, but they don't own CBS, which made that show. Right, right. So who has it? You know, the miracle if it ever comes out properly. But anyway, uh, but yeah, King Kong Escapes. It's fun. And if you get a chance to see it, you should totally do so. Um, next time on Thank Godzilla, it's Friday. Whitney, what are we uh, What are we talking about here? Oh, uh, well, we're, Godzilla has a kid. Oh, and uh, so we're we're gonna we're gonna like sort of start cracking open the door of suck in in the Godzilla series. Um, it's uh, it's been all fun and games until now. So we're gonna have son of Godzilla. Godzilla's gonna have a child. The child is this disgusting, nightmarish, chibi monster named Minila, uh-huh. Mini Godzilla. Mini, oh, I get Mini, it. And, I actually um, didn't put that together until just yeah. now. Uh, also known as Minya, depending mm-hmm. on who you talk to. I had always heard it as Minya, but yeah, apparently it's yeah. Minila, yeah. M- Minila, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I hate Minila. <laughs> I really do. I've actually Minila only Minila's seen... the scrappy-do of the series. I've only uh, ever seen... I, I don't think I've ever seen... I've seen clips, but I don't think I've ever seen Son of Godzilla. I've seen um, the other one. It's, it's Attack of... All Monsters Attack. All Monsters Attack. I've seen that one. Where, where Gorosaurus shows up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hate that movie. But all, then again, all, all monsters attack is is abysmal. But then again, I do know people who actually rigorously defend that one, and I've heard their criteria and like the reasons why. Mm. And I look forward to watching it again because, hey, wouldn't it be great if this movie I didn't like is a movie I can like now because I can look at it yeah, through a new I, lens? I, I hope it. I trust that will be my case as well. I, yeah, my, my experience because I hope Son of Godzilla is better than you remember. Maybe so. Maybe. And, I haven't and, seen it, so I'll be coming out with fresh we'll, eyes. And we'll also meet uh, Kumanga. Ooh. Gigantic spider. Nice. We haven't had one of those yet. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to listen to our episodes without ads, and if you want to listen to them a week early, you can head on over to our Patreon page, where even for $1 you get those. And for additional uh, uh, contributions, you get lots of bonus podcasts, including uh, podcasts about every movie ever nominated for Best Picture or podcasts about every episode of Star Trek ever. We crossed our 200 episode mark and we forgot to mention it uh, we, for a Star no, you Trek know podcast. We're, we're too busy. We're, we're just going to keep on rolling. We're too busy making Star Treks. Um, we do commentary tracks. We do hangouts, trivia nights. It's a lot of fun. Thank you to all of our patrons. Without you, we couldn't do this. It, yeah. it really means the world to us that you support us. Uh, and uh, uh, if you can't afford to be a patron, there's lots of other ways you can help us out. Please leave us a review wherever you find us. A star rating, even just one sentence. The sentence really helps a lot. Uh, be honest. We'll understand if it's not a five star. We're, we're just okay. Uh, but uh, seriously, that really, really helps a lot. It's a big deal. Uh, we're also on social media. Uh, we're at Critic Acclaim at, uh, on Twitter. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on other socials more these days. But... Uh, if you want to email us, talk about anything we discussed in this episode. Do you know something about King Kong Escapes that we missed? Some fun trivia, perhaps. Or uh, do you just want to talk about something we discussed here, there, or anywhere? Anything you want, really. Our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We might read your email in an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail. Or if you'd prefer, we also have a P.O. Box. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Yeah, send us a fiscal letter to the Critically Acclaimed Network. P.O. Box 641-565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Wee! And if you want to know what's coming up next on uh, Thank Godzilla, It's Friday, you can find my Letterbox page, William Bibiani at Letterboxd. Uh, I have the entire current plan in order. Uh, for uh, you to peruse. I know a lot of people are watching along with us. That's really, really cool. We hope you're enjoying it too. So thank you everybody for listening once again. And until next time, rawr!